0: ...serve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. The world is very different now, for man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life. Let both sides explore what problems unite us, instead of belaboring those problems which divide us. We dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Hey, Aaron. Welcome to the Tavern. Good evening, Jake. Um, so nice to be here again. And hello to all of our listeners joining us in this yeah. lovely evening. Yeah,
1: hello. Uh, hey, Tony, if you get to this episode. We know you're listening now, so...
0: So uh, now our listeners have gone up to four... I'm pretty well, sure we know we all of them we, personally.
1: No, we have that one we lost last week because you offended them with Star Wars stuff.
0: Oh, so right. We're, we're still at three. All right. Net um, positive. That's that's good. Or net neutral.
1: Yeah. So, uh, let, let's be honest. Uh, I brought two beers down tonight because it might end up being one of those nights. But, <laughs> but let's start with the one we actually... Uh, want so still from grenfall meadery uh this is their havoc mead we've got the psycho pump sour cherry mead and i i believe psycho is the right descriptive word of how tonight's gonna go so let's crack this open and try
0: this i have been dying for this one since we got that multi-pack deal that you set us up with yeah oh nice and crisp oh yes Mm. little asmr for you people yeah
1: <laughs> i don't know if this is exactly my flavor palette it's not bad but it's not
0: amazing oh that hits you with the spice with the yeah with the sour oh yeah it
1: almost tastes like i'm drinking a red wine in a can yeah
0: that's weird. It's not what I expected. No I, I like it. I'm gonna say it's in my flavor profile range, but uh, yeah, a, a weird uh slightly bubbly uh, red wine in a can with some, some slight notes of cherry and I'm gonna I'm gonna say slight like yeah. the, calling it a sour cherry mead was generous, very generous.
1: Yeah, it definitely tastes like a a dry red wine in a can.
0: Yeah, um, uh, I was very, very excited for this. Now, uh, my excitement has turned into mediocrity, which yeah. uh, once again I think is going to fit this podcast very well. I'm not gonna lie, the Valhalla w-
1: or the the one honey mead from their regular was the best one so far, and I still have the farmhouse to try. So. Um, The Valkyrie. The Valkyrie was the best one so
0: far. Yes, I would agree. All right, so
1: I'm going to give a little bit more backstory on this one. We are recording this on September 6, 2020. The reason I'm giving that is because we're going to start by talking about the Rochester protests that are currently happening.
0: So Um, those that don't know, we record this podcast in Rochester, New York. So we are... Very specifically adept at talking on this topic. We also both live here and have grown up here our entire lives. Yeah. Um,
1: So back in March, the RPD uh, killed a man when they went to go arrest him. The man was on drugs. We will say that, but I've watched the video and he was very cooperative at the beginning. And though he did start spitting at them. Uh, He was cuffed. They put a spit bag on his head. Um, I don't think there was any reason to pin him to the ground for two and a half minutes from what I saw. No. Um, So the RPD killed a man. Um, Rochester police has had its fair share of issues. It was supposed to get a board to review police uh, complaints, and I don't know what happened to that board. Um, I will say the city mayor, because neither of us live in downtown Rochester, has been pretty MIA in trying to blame others for the current situation. So Black Lives Matter is protesting out in the streets right now. Um, mainly peaceful protests, though there's been a couple incidences. Uh, a bus stop uh was set on fire or a bag inside a bus stop was set on fire not the actual structure itself uh people on Easton alexander were yelled at to the point that the restaurants had to shut down and some glasses were shattered but like no one got injured
0: well, well okay first i'm um, they weren't just yelled at they went into the dining they flipped tables they pushed people out, All right, let's let's not go down the mainstream media route of just sugarcoating everything. Let's not forget the U-Haul center that was lit on fire and uh, four U-Hauls were set ablaze as well. So,
1: yes, um, there has I'm been it's fair and balanced. Yes, there
0: has been fair incidences balanced,
1: with the protesters as well. Uh, mainly peaceful, but as in any case, when there's protests like this. There are also people who are not peaceful that show up to these protests and cause incidences. Um, It tends to get worse the later in the night it goes after the marching, excuse me, tends to be over. Uh, But I feel like Rochester is unique in some ways because though we have had threats of right-wing militias showing up to protect our streets, which uh, I don't know. I saw the city... Today It didn't look burned down to me Um, I I don't know if our streets need protecting I live closer to the city than you And I hear no sirens or anything Um, I'm about a 10 minute drive away From where all the action is taking place So it's getting We've hit national news now So it's getting blown out of proportion By national news from both the left and the right Uh, I think CNN's here right now in our city. I heard Al oh, Sharpton's going to show up. News Network? Uh, right. I heard Al Sharpton's going to show up tomorrow, uh, potentially, to march with the protesters.
0: Okay. Um, I mean, I we mean, are well, here's getting... Here's the thing, and, and I mean, the the violence and the ridiculousness, in, I mean, if you, if you watch the models going around in the country, yes, the later it gets, the, the more out of control these things... T- seem to get. And from my opinion, it's because the genuine people who care about the issues and the cause are the ones that are out there in broad daylight, you know, at the beginning of these protests, you know, spreading the message, trying to spread awareness. And then by the time night falls and people can hide behind their mask and they can hide in the cover of darkness, you know, that's when, you know, the outside agitators, you know, come in. I mean, after... All of this time that's been, you know, from the very first protests, from the very first riots, I think it's very clear to say that there are two completely different groups. There's the Black Lives Matter protesters who are good intentioned and are actually looking for real change. And then there are uh, groups that are specifically using these incidents to push chaos and their own agendas you know antifa exists we can't hide behind the fact that it's you know it's not real it's a myth when someone's wearing a fucking antifa t-shirt and wearing waving their flag and then sits set something on fire cell phones exist we have video it's real but rochester we are a strong united community to if any, for, I mean, I don't anticipate anybody actually listening to these podcasts outside of our four listeners. <laughs> but um, if there are any people from outside the Rochester area, aside from famous people or fucked up news networks that just feel they need to get their two cents in for the ten minutes of media coverage, but you know, Antifa or anybody else that feels they need to come to Rochester to. ...push their position from either the right or the left. My message to you, and I'm going to... This is from me. This isn't from Jake or the Tavern. This is from me. Uh, My message to you is to fuck off and stay away. This is our issue. We are going to work through it. We are going to fix it. We will come out better. But if you fuckheads come into our city and try to fuck shit up to push your agenda... Uh, it'll not end well for you. Um, Rochester did get caught up in the beginning uh, with the original George Floyd protests, and uh, the city went a little crazy. And uh, the next day, we all came together and went, "Yeah, this uh, this this wasn't uh, this wasn't how we should have handled it." And uh, while other cities kept burning themselves to the ground. We cleaned ourselves up, we pulled ourselves back together, and we started trying on working on real change. Now, unbeknownst to us, the mayor and the police department were sitting on, uh, in my opinion, something that's much worse than what... uh, Well, I won't say that. I don't want to offend anybody. We'll say comparable to what happened to George Floyd. Um, However, I think the cover-up of what happened... To Daniel Prude is probably a much, much bigger issue oh, with yes. everything going on. I mean, th- we're talking about March. The- March before George Floyd. I mean, I don't want to get uh, conspiratorial or hindsight is 2020, but uh, maybe if the information surrounding. Daniel's death had come out to light in March, maybe George Floyd never would have been murdered because maybe national you know, attention would have already been put on alert about uh, over-policing and brute force and that sort of thing.
1: And I think in Rochester, at least as you get closer to the city, you would be hard to find when you're talking about RPD, a group of people that don't acknowledge that there is an issue within the RPD that needs to be addressed Um,
0: I think the biggest problem with RPD is well here I'm gonna I'm not gonna go down that I'm gonna pivot real quick Um, it's not really a pivot because it goes to my point Um, to our four listeners you know that I ramble all the time working on it getting better at it um, My personal belief Is that uh, While people are calling for RPD to be Defunded After A lot of soul searching over the last Couple months I believe RPD Should be completely abolished And I don't Stop at RPD I think every single City Police Department, NYPD, LAPD, all of any police department that's based for a city um, and including state police departments, state troopers. um, I think they absolutely need to be abolished 100 percent. Now, I'm not calling for less cops. Not at all. I just think those cops need to be wearing a different badge. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before about. Over militarization of police and accountability and the fact that, you know, one of the biggest things the founding fathers uh, warned against were standing armies and basically police forces are standing armies now. Exactly. My biggest issue with the city police is that they're not accountable to the citizens they're supposed to be protecting. They don't they don't answer to the citizens because they're appointed and run by the mayor. And in turn, the state police are run and appointed by the governor. Basically, the mayor of Rochester has her own private army. And, I mean, that goes for every city that has their own police department. Everything It should fall under the sheriff's department. A sheriff is a duly elected officer. He is responsible for, to the people. And it's interesting, looking at the incidents of the last year, that... Most instances of over-policing and um, police brutality happen within city police departments and not sheriff's departments.
1: You know what? It, I think it, it, it's an interesting fact to me um, that I, I feel like most town PDs actually have a, a pretty high approval rating by the town that they're protecting but most city PDs, it's the opposite effect. Um, And I, I think the point to me is not defund the police, but look at where that money's being spent and what it's being spent on. The military equipment. And one of the crazy things to me is that police have not been specialized to this day. Like, every other business has realized Specializing your people is a smart thing. You have people that are good at a specific thing. There should be a cop unit that responds to drug, uh, you know, cases, domestic abuse cases. Like you know, right. based on the case, you say this is going to the domestic. I have a nine one one domestic abuse call. I'm going to send this to the domestic abuse group. We will send someone from that group in that is trained in de-escalation of domestic abuse, not right. just general cop who's been trained to deal with traffic stops, uh, guns, drugs, everything. That it's too broad and too hard for cops to handle everything we've thrown at them.
0: Right, and, and look, if if you know, police departments are trying to be many independent militaries they should be following the military which does do specialization you know they don't teach every single soldier right (laughs) You, you have the different levels and yet we treat we we let you know cities create their police departments and just run them as you know a private security force that runs at the whim of a mayor or a governor i mean And and don't get me wrong, I I have the utmost respect for anybody that becomes a cop, and if you're a city cop or a state trooper, I have the utmost respect for you. Please don't pull me over the next time I'm driving and give me a ticket. I 100% support and respect the cops, but the point of setting up our country the way it was, was to form checks and balances, and by allowing city police departments and state police forces to answer to nobody but the person in charge completely shifts the balance of power in their favor i mean let's be honest if governor cuomo lost the next election and didn't want to leave he has a private army five thousand strong throughout the entire state of new york that, that's
1: assuming that private army backs will him. Back him.
0: <laughs> true, true, but but nonetheless, I mean, okay, we'll change the scenario a little bit. You have you have a mayor who completely starts violating, you know, their oath and the rule of law. If they don't have their own, like the whole in my mind, the whole checks and balances is supposed to be you have a mayor and you have a sheriff. And they're almost supposed to be equal in the amount of power they have over a community. Basically, if the mayor gets out of control because all of the law enforcement is with the sheriff, the sheriff can basically walk in and temper the mayor. But the problem is, especially in a situation where we have right now, you have a police force that completely fucked up. All right. And they've been broken for a while. And what's going to happen is the mayor is going to either throw the chief of police under the bus and then back over him a couple times or he's going to save her political career by sacrificing his. Personally, I don't think he should go down in flames. I think he's been good for the city and doing what he's tried to do, but his hands have been tied. But the problem with a city police force is you can only hold the police chief accountable because no one – intellectually understands that it's really the mayor who's in charge of the police force. And then you get rid of the chief of police, but the shit's still at the top,
1: but it's not her fault. Some New York state law said she couldn't release the video that she knew about, even though the New York state AG has come and said, no such law exists. Exactly.
0: Um, I mean, my whole thing with how she handled this is either because I mean, there's the two competing stories. It's either she's, been covering it up the whole time or she had no idea that it was happening which means she's either complicit in the crime or she's completely incompetent either way she needs to go you
1: mean corrupt lovely warren is covering something up (laughs) like her drunk driving uncle or any of the other things that she helped cover up uh she needs to go
0: it's about time.
1: It's about time. I don't know how she won in the first place, but she seems to disappear and somehow still remain popular.
0: Um, well, my favorite is that our, uh, our lovely county, county executive, Adam Bello released a uh, one-paragraph statement. And the word paragraph is very generous because uh, back in school I was told that if it's not more than four sentences, it's not a paragraph. But I digress. Uh, he released a pansy ass bullshit, uh, one paragraph statement, basically just things are said, we'll do better. And then he crawled back under his desk. So I don't know what the fuck he's been doing for the last, uh, six or seven months, but it'll be nice to get rid of him and get someone else in that actually, I don't know, does something other than do a weird zoom meeting and show people how to put on a mask.
1: I I don't want to make this an all-Rochester podcast, and I don't know if I agree with your take on Bellow, but here here's what I will leave this with. I hope uh, Warren, Bellow, and Cuomo are ready to take the drastic measures that will need to be taken if any militias try to show up to Rochester. If any militias show up because some right wing group makes you think that Rochester is in danger and we don't see the national guard deployed and stopping the militias with people walking around with guns in our city, you know, actively displaying their guns, then we have a problem and we're going to end up the next Portland or, uh, Kenosha or any of those situations. Um, Yes some of the protest has gotten out of control. Yes the cops have overreacted by shooting for the face yesterday instead of, you know, following protocol and shooting for the body with your non-lethal weapons. Uh, I saw someone who got their nose broke by a rubber bullet by cops. It was a reporter, I think to be honest. So
0: Well, to be fair, <laughs> it's a lot harder to aim something that's shooting non-lethal rounds than lethal rounds. And, and while I agree with you, uh, someone getting hit in the face doesn't mean that they weren't kneeling at the time. And the officer was actually aiming for someone else's torso. Also, I'm just going to throw this out there. The, and I know we, you want to move on. We want to get on the actual topic, but, uh, I I laugh at the phrase mostly peaceful protest because a protest is a lawful assembly until someone does something fucking illegal. And then guess what? You've lost the right for everybody to be able to protest. It's it's now unlawful. You're breaking the law. Go home. Try again tomorrow. And before you jump on me for this, you can't say that all cops are bad because a few people. Broke the law and stepped out of line, but then say all protesters are peaceful in spite of the fact that a few are breaking the law. This is the hypocrisy of the two sides.
1: And here's where I'm not going to jump on you. I have never subscribed to ACAB, all cops are bastards. So... I can hold the view that there are bad cops and bad protesters while realizing not all cops are bad and not all protesters are bad. So that's that's the one thing I'm going to say to you. I've never been on here calling a cab, you know, know, I know or any of that. There are bad cops. There are bad protesters. That does not make all cops bad. That does not make all protesters bad. True, but with that, it's Sunday. There's more gonna happen in Rochester tonight. We will see how things keep going. But let's move on to our absolutely amazing topic that you gave me. Uh, yes, the DNC and RNC conventions.
0: I wanted to have a fun podcast, and I want. I thought this would be entertaining. For you, for me, I mostly wanted to see you squirm a little bit.
1: Uh, yeah, then I started watching them. So I wasn't when, – originally when you pitched this, I was like, I, you know, I'm going to read some write-ups and catch some clips. And you're like, no, I'm going to watch all, all four nights. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, I yeah, got no, a couple we days.
0: Can't, <laughs> we can't review the two conventions without watching them in their entirety. Worst decision ever. So – I
1: started watching them at 1.75 speed, got through all of the DNC, got through the first two nights of the RNC, and here's my high-level review. The DNC was at least boring enough that I could have it on and drone through most of the thing. And I only had to skip a couple parts. The RNC for me was so enraging i couldn't even watch it at 1.75 speed without taking breaks away from it so oh and everyone sounds like ben shapiro at 1.75 speed so i then had to go find a ben shapiro video and watch him at 1.75 speed and it's amazing (laughs) hello i'm ben Shapiro, and i'm here to talk to you about and i'm like
0: oh geez dude you've
1: done too much cocaine like that, that's what it's Ben Shapiro... Fast. It's too fast.
0: That's too fast. You gotta... Well, now I'm curious, just a, a quick tangent. Now I'm gonna go find a video of Ben Shapiro and try it at, like, half speed. And uh-huh. see what he would sound like as a normal person.
1: You would probably right? actually start to see the flaws in his argument because he's not skipping from point to point too quickly to <laughs> notice up. Uh, that's why he speaks at that speed, is just so you can't realize if he's made a mistake. He just goes on and doesn't let you talk
0: well he's on point number four while you're still trying to figure out what point number one is and then by the time you start arguing it he's on point 76 and you're just like fuck it i'll try again tomorrow yeah exactly so okay so general overview i want to i want to take a step back and start here uh just basic gut feeling of the dnc give me your like one one sentence, fewest words possible, your overview.
1: Tone. It was a bad award ceremony? <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I felt more hopeful after most of the DNC than any of the most of the
0: RNC that I watched, so... That is fascinating. Well, okay. For, first off, the for me the DNC, I I would agree, uh, a very bad award show, almost like a public broadcasting telethon. Oh
1: no, that was totally a thought I had at one point. I was totally waiting for, and we have all these senators right. behind <laughs> us waiting for you to call in your donation to Joe today. If I mean, you call in, been... <laughs> you might get to talk to. You. Cory Booker, or Ooh. Nancy Pelosi, or, but, if you're lucky, AOC.
0: I'm so. crazy there. <laughs> no, I mean, what I find laughably comical is that the party that knew from the fucking beginning that they were going to be doing a virtual convention couldn't figure out how to do a virtual convention convention than the party that up until literally the last minute was trying to get everybody in person like
1: i think the difference was the rnc was way 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 more in person than the dnc was
0: i think one of the greatest advantages that the rnc did from from a production visual standpoint they had a lot more live speakers which personally for me gives a lot more credibility and it i mean you, you over edit you over polish something it just after the fourth canned video you're like okay i get it i get you know you're just you're regurgitating the same shit over and over so i think it had a little bit I mean it's 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 authentic when you hear just when it's a little more live but the I mean the two in contrast the the DNC would have a speaker and then they had their weird um, video wall whereas the RNC had a speaker on a stage and they had you know 10 20 people in a crowd it just gives it a little I don't know, it feels more natural even though I know we're watching TV. It's like watching all the late night shows now where they're not they don't have an audience is just a little off-putting like the first John Oliver where there was no audience. The white void? Oh god, just just when they land a joke and there's no it's wow. just I just I realized that it was all it's awkward and no, I didn't find it that funny or no, I'm not that excited about this. I don't want to cheer. So
1: I will give you this. One of the best things the RNC had going for it was at no point did Kid Rock show up with a music video in it. Um,
0: oh, the weird green screen video any, the DNC did
1: Any of the music videos that the DNC did any of the music i skipped every single one of those they were all like a bad musical guest on snl and i did (laughs) not care for a single one of them
0: you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of those places that you that people went to in the 90s where they and go they in the, the in the video screen. booth. Yeah, and there's and you like sing your shitty cover song and the guy like edits it and puts you like floating in front of the San Francisco, you know, downtown and yeah. you're like hey uh, yeah. You know, the party of Hollywood couldn't figure out how to make a fucking video. It's I'm fantastic. I'm pretty
1: sure the RNC hired whoever does the Scientology conventions to do theirs. 'Cause it had a, a great Scientology feel with that setup and the podium. I've and like,
0: never seen a Scientology convention. Jake, what oh, are you telling me?
1: These things, there's videos of these and they're like in mega churches, and there's like, you know, the Scientology symbol and like a banner of L. Ron Hubbard in the back and multiple times like and our great founder L. Ron Hubbard Like I was expecting L. Ron Hubbard to make an appearance at the RNC, to be honest.
0: Ooh. From down in the spaceship.
1: Hologram. Hologram. Hologram L. Ron. Yep. So Well,
0: my The biggest thing that I took away from the DNC and the RNC, so you felt hopeful after watching the DNC. Yes. I felt annoyed. Okay, and and
1: I can understand where that came from.
0: What I so trying to analyze the two conventions because I did actually watch the RNC in its entirety, and the DNC, but I had a little bit more time because I don't sleep. Um, the, in my opinion, the overall messaging of the DNC was. An attack. So it wasn't a, you know, one side. You know, it wasn't Democrat versus Republican in terms of views. It was, it was attacking Trump as the cause of everything wrong for the last four years, and then presenting Biden as a almost um, generic Democratic uh perfect solution to it. Like they're at I mean, at no point did they ever lay out specific policy and zero policy guidelines of of you know the party. It was very heavy COVID, uh which is partly why it was just annoying. And to me, the tone was like a teacher that is talking down to you cuz they're disappointed in something how you how you handled you know the the playground yesterday and that you know they bel- you have so much potential and you could do so much better but you're just a solid B student and if you just applied yourself a little bit more you could be getting straight A's like that was my impression of of the dnc with with heavy orange man bad and orange so, man bad he, orange here's man what bad.
1: I'll, I'll say to that there was zero policy because if there was any policy in it the left the side of the democrats would say it's not left enough right. and the republicans they're trying to court would be like, that's too far left. So they just completely glossed over policy and it was a hundred percent this is a Joe Biden sales ad. This right. is why you should buy Joe Biden right. in November.
0: And, and I and I feel like the RNC did just a very straight left versus right. Like yes. they didn't they didn't do they didn't go full on attack mode on Joe. No. They went they went there is there is the side of the right there is the side of the left and the left has gone too far to the left
1: oh i have some funny things to say about the rnc when we start talking about that uh you you know what's funny though is like if the covid stuff wasn't in this and it was a sale of joe biden and i know we mentioned this on our last podcast 4 years ago i would have so bought what they were selling about joe biden that he came from a working class family had to move because his dad lost his job that he rode the train every day and got to know people and he called some barber when the barber's mom died to just check in on him and his son Bo was a soldier and he died of cancer and joe lost his child and his wife while he was going to be a congressman like Joe has a decent story.
0: Right. It's saleable.
1: That in 2016 would have sold so much better than everything about Hillary Clinton's story.
0: Yes. 100%.
1: This year, it just felt like no, guys, you need to like Joe, and this is why you need to like him. (laughs) Like, Please, 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 please clap. Please clap.
0: Please vote uh, for Joe.
1: Um, but overall, because of those elements, it felt more hopeful to me that, you know, they were talking about how great of a guy Joe is. And I was like, I, I'm not huge on Joe Biden at all. I don't think he was the right pick uh, at all. I think the establishment came together to just pick someone so that they didn't have a bunch of infighting and that Bernie didn't win too many States. Oh my God. Right. What if Bernie Sanders won? Oh, Oh no. Oh God. What do we do? Um, so we got Joe. I felt better about Joe after the convention. And I think that's why I say hope, but it's funny. Like most of the laughing I did at the convention was at how Idiotic stuff was the only time I laughed for real was when Corey Bicker ran that round table of people that were running against joe biden (laughs) and there's a part where like he introduces bernie and he's like oh bernie don't worry i've got some questions for you my girlfriend likes you more than me why is that and he goes because your girlfriend's smarter than you and i (laughs) laughed and i'm like see bernie's quick he like and this is gets back to me being a bernie supporter but i'm like he was the only one who was actually like funny and personable during most of it. So, right. And he was barely there. And let's talk about, you know, really quickly what they did to AOC and had her nominate Bernie, which is a standard practice. Then had the media attack her for not supporting Joe Biden when she's like, no, I supported Joe Biden. This is a standard practice. It's been happening at democratic conventions for the past hundred years did you guys just forget this over four years or are you just looking to attack the other? So,
0: well, well, yeah, but, and that's one, it was, it was a complete mistake in one, having her do it being such a prominent, you know, figure now for the new left. And second, I feel like they were trying to placate part of the left by having her do that. And yes. it just goes to like the complete lack of forethought that the DNC has had pretty much this year in this whole political cycle. Like also, if if you're like, let's be honest, the opponents of the DNC tend to be more religious. And if the far right religious extremists are calling your party, the party, the devil, maybe one you shouldn't remove Under God from the Pledge of Allegiance they more didn't. than once. They did. They didn't. They. Did. I
1: listened every single time. They there are, didn't. There,
0: no, there are two Pledge of Allegiances in there where Under God is removed. It's not. It is. It's not. It is. That's not a myth. I can pull up the video. They literally stop and they don't say Under God. It's not from the whole thing. I'm not going on the, oh, the DNC is trying to you know, take away under God you allowed. Um, I forget which caucus it was. It was one of the caucuses and, um, one of the other, it was not the main event, but there were, there are these little moments where they say the pledge of allegiance. And there were two moments where the, whoever was in charge decided to remove under God. That's number one. Number two, probably not the best idea to use, you know, the, the lopsided, uh, pentecostal star as the star in your um logo well that's uh, pretty funny actually i i mean i found that hilarious i, I think that's
1: uh, bad marketing that yeah. no one noticed that
0: hey look look we got uh, i found this uh this logo on uh you know under yeah. under the symbols portion that, of uh word yeah that yeah. that looks good put that in the d yeah yeah that's that's just bad marketing but
1: <laughs> you know and at points, it felt more like a Republican convention because they were really trying to sell the Republicans on why they should vote to Joe. There were so many Republicans on there that, you know, are your more moderate Republicans. Like I was expecting, you know, George Conway to make an appearance on behalf of the Lincoln Project partway oh. through, you know. <laughs>
0: Ugh. But yeah, well, here's so. The the whole lack of policy from the DNC is interesting and it's, I mean, it's 100% because the, the, the DNC is fractured. Oh yeah. There, I mean, I, th- to be completely honest, I think both parties are fractured and I there's, can, I can get into parties. that with, you know, when we get into the party platforms or the lack thereof. Um, but there's, I said in, you know, back in 2016 that if Trump won the nomination, I wasn't even talking about if he won the election. If he won the nomination, I believe that was going to be the end of the Republican Party. And not because, you know, he would run the party into the ground and everybody, you know, would be like, oh, I'm never voting for Republican again because it was the party of Trump. Because he fundamentally did not have the key values of what a Republican was in 2016.
1: No, he did not.
0: And And my belief was that if he became a Republican, the Republican Party was going to be destroyed, as it was. And now, in 2020, we're not only seeing that in the... In my opinion, we're not only seeing that in the Republican Party, we're seeing that in the Democratic Party. In all honesty, I would love for us to come out of this election and have both the Democratic Party be in pieces and the Republican party be in pieces and let's have four or five different parties running around. I mean, ideally that's what it should be. And if the debate, whatever the governing board of the presidential debates is, got their head out of their ass and actually allowed, I don't know, third parties to be a part of the debate team because of their bullshit rule of... Well, the only way you could be part of a presidential debate is if you're polling at above a fifteen percent. Yeah, well, if you don't let the fucking polls ask anybody other than the two fucking candidates, of course there's not going to be anybody else polling at fifteen percent. You only gave me two goddamn choices. Shithead. But I digress. Uh,
1: We could get into a whole thing about how our whole election process could be improved.
0: That'll Uh, be for another day. But the party thing I mean, look, you you have you have a problem well first off we talked about this before The whole Overton window has shifted Dramatically to the left So the problem with the left is that They are now forced to recognize The far extremist left Of the communists as part of their par- Party where before it was just like Yeah yeah they're they're in the corner over there We don't need to talk about them But now they have to acknowledge them And that's now part of their base Whereas before it was just a fringe and now And then they have you know the progressive liberals, the regular liberals, and then central. And I think the reason why you have, and let's be honest, the Republicans that are coming over to the democratic side, aren't they are old, it's not new Republicans. It's not anybody no. that became a Republican in the last four years. I mean, these no, are, it's these are the 20, lifelong 40
1: year Republicans.
0: Yeah. These are the rhinos. And I mean, the establishment Republicans who liked going to war And liked things the way they were. They're coming over. The Republican Party. Is now fucking mess. And it's this weird breed of. Of acknowledging. You know the religious right. Which was sort of just like yeah we use that as a base. But eh, you know we let them let them do their thing. But now that's now become a huge part of of the base. And then the, you have these, I'm going to call them progressive Republicans who don't really give a shit about most of the old Republican values and are trying to turn the party into almost, you know, what a, you know, almost into like a conservative form of the democratic party. And you basically have the two parties that have fractured Accepting the wingers, whereas the wingers should have stayed on the wings, and then they're both trying to crossbreed and take the other people's moderates.
1: Yeah, so that makes me think of you know some of my thoughts on the Republican Party, one of uh or the Republican convention, the RNC. Um, I felt like I do not fit into that party at all. Um, they did a lot to make it feel like a mega church gathering and that if i did not even though they're like we we want you to have free thought as long as it belongs with us and god you know you know uh god 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 hey god god uh god um and there was one what they did way less of these commercials Than the DNC did. I think that was another thing. The DNC did way too many commercials during their convention, but there was one that pretty much started In a world where the socialist, democrat, Cuban, Fidel Castro, dick sucking Democrats want to destroy walls and borders only god himself donald trump freed prisoners from internment camps in foreign countries he's here for you america first and i'm Woo! like what the
0: I'm all for
1: fuck it. was that um and i don't know if i sent it to you but macklemore made the song called american you and it's a, it's a joke fantastic. song and that was the RNC convention in a song. So.
0: Oh, I really thought uh, "America Fuck Yeah" from Team America was the convention oh, in a nutshell. But
1: that also, that also <laughs> was another. That was also the convention in. That I
0: mean, show. I was wait. I was waiting for a bald eagle to land on the podium and just go suck my balls and then fly away. I mean, that <laughs> would have been fucking mint. It was perfect. I don't know. Yeah. I felt. I felt a lot more emotion from the RNC than the DNC. And part of that might've been because there were more, because it was live speakers over pre-recordings. I mean, there was one part not to go, not to keep belaboring the DNC, but there was one part where, um, in the DNC they had, uh, you know, they had ordinary people quote unquote, um, You know, giving, you know, their support for Biden and talking about, you know, how COVID-19 has affected them. And there was one guy that just, I mean, what he was saying was emotional and sad, but because he was very clearly reading a piece of paper off a script, there was just just flat no affect and you really couldn't tell if he was actually telling his story or if he was just sort of like a paid actor whereas you know when you're forced to go up in stage in front of a lot of people you really gotta sell it so
1: yeah and it's funny I played all of Kimberly Guilfoyle's speech for Emmy I put the because I knew how it ended I knew
0: the best is yet and like it's a little dean moment isn't it (laughs) it, it, Ah! it,
1: it, well i mean the the jokes about both her and uh don jr being on coke for their speeches were pretty funny and the jokes comparing her to rita repulsa in uh the power rangers was also pretty funny but uh it, it was emmy goes she's a good salesperson and i think most of the people from the RNC were much better salespeople than the DNC people.
0: I would agree. I mean, they also brought out some, um, really heavy emotional speakers, like, um, the, um, like Herschel Walker. I thought he gave, um, a fantastic speech. Um I mean I've always been a fan of his and uh you know his his son is just uh, a firecracker on social media and he's hilarious and I love following him and then uh you know the wife of uh, David Dorn was just like oh okay I feel I'm going to go I'm going to go cry a little bit and feel better like you know although i will say what was interesting is that both the dnc and the rnc had a parent of uh school shooting victim yep from sandy hook i think they were both from sandy hook weren't they
1: uh no one was um the uh one was sandy hook and one was the school um marjorie's uh Stoneham Douglas in Florida.
0: Okay. Um I mean it's a little fucked up when we can uh when there's enough school shootings that we can uh, pick it like you can get a nice cross section of the political spectrum of uh, Oh yeah, parents. Yeah. Oh yeah, they could have
1: God, this is going to sound horrible. They could have got one of the Columbine uh one of the kids who was shot at Columbine to speak at one of the conventions now. And I mean They're the DNC enough. also brought out um what's her the the senator the congressperson who was shot i'm blanking on her name um she had a pretty emotional speech at the dnc
0: yeah
1: um yeah i i will say there was emotional speeches and there was um absolutely hysterical speeches at the rnc like the couple that pointed guns at the protesters who had the line that uh The Democrats want to abolish the suburbs and single-family households. And I was like, that's an interesting view that you're putting on a national convention. Yeah, But yet I also think Trump signed off on everything that went through that well he had absolutely. final approval on everything and
0: well let's be honest trump's trump's a marketer
1: yes and my my point to that will be between the two nights and the pre-recorded ads there were two sisters from chicago and one of the sisters started the business and got a a covid loan from the government that allowed her business to continue on i believe that was their story they had a full ad and then every single ad that was also praising trump those two sisters kept showing up again and again and all i can think of right now is michael cohen starting to come forward with some information and he came out today and said trump complimented his 15 year old daughter's ass uh you know, one day after a tennis game, and it's Michael Cohen, so everything is about 90% lies, but when he's <laughs> lying about the guy he was lying for, maybe there's some truth in there, but all I can think is Trump going, yeah, those two, put them on the screen a lot, they're, they're appealing to the eyes, the, the people who like them, and like, that's why they appeared in every ad. I have no doubt Trump had final sign-off on everything that went through that convention.
0: I mean, I would agree with that. It's probably why it came off more polished because I feel like with the DNC, there was no one. Well, one we know Joe didn't really realize it was going on. Most of those his appearances were, you know, recorded, you know, weeks or months ago. Um, but the, I mean, that I didn't even think about that. That brings up an amazing point. The DNC feels like one person's point of view, or the RNC feels like one person's point of view from beginning to end the dnc feels like it was sort of thrown together by committee mm-hmm. and sort of just like hodgepodge you know together which is a great segue to go into the party platform
1: oh, and <laughs> talk about
0: that because what we have is we have an rnc party platform that was just eh, you know we didn't hold a convention in person so uh look We'll get back to you in 2024. You want uh, you want what it is today? Take a look at 2016, and uh, I don't know the things we did. Put a check mark next to them. The things we didn't do, we're gonna do it. What are we gonna do in addition to it? A look at the orange man. He's he's got things, and then the DNC puts together a party platform based on fucking committee, and ends up producing. This convoluted rat's nest of a platform that is forty-two thousand fucking words. How many pages is it, Jake? Because you actually looked at it from. I a think page it was
1: cap. ninety-seven.
0: Ninety-seven. Okay. I looked the average... at it
1: when you said to read it and went, no, no. To
0: get to give our listeners a, a little bit of a, a baseline. Since the, uh, just scroll through this real quick. Since the 60s or since the 70s, the average length of a party's platform has been, been between 20 to 30 words or 20 to 30,000 words. Um, but, you know, going back to the 1800s, they were less than a thousand words. And I don't I don't even know if. You can call the Democratic Party platform a platform so much as like a manifesto <laughs> that a bunch of crazy people put together after doing an acid trip and a whole bunch of fucking shrooms. I yeah. mean, even the like I, the, I tried to get through the original preamble and that took me like two or three tries. It was just like even that's like 16 fucking pages long.
1: The very last section stops on page ninety, and according to my PT- PDF reader, it's ninety-two pages long. Um, yeah, uh, let's let's start with the RNC. So, all right, few things. <laughs> it's,
0: it's easier. It's short. <laughs> it's it, it's easy.
1: Few things. Uh, first of all, apparently, the real reason that they didn't adopt a platform is trump sent his boy toy jared kushner in to do the platform and jared kushner wanted to do like a two-page party platform and the rnc leaders were like we can't agree to this we'll just re-release the 2016 one um to me that does two things either they have so little faith trump will win again they didn't want to put the effort into it two they need to accept that MAGA was a failure, and in four years, he didn't make America great again. So he needs another four years to try to do what they set forward they were going to do in 2016. And I know that on top of that, Trump did release like a two-page thing that's like, this is what I'm going to do in 2020. And it was like, I'm going to give you school choice and teach American exceptionalism. I'm going to build the wall, which – was promised in 2016 and mexico was going to pay for it and right now the wall is barely built and it's falling over and uh we're pulling from the pentagon budget to pay for it so another failed point um i feel like the rnc just didn't want to put in effort this year and we're kind of like whatever fuck it
0: well so so what i took away from the rnc platform is this is truly the death of the republican party and not from the standpoint of trump has ruined it i think well because there's a civil war going on between within both parties yeah and it's 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 almost you know poetic and comical that it manifests itself in in both their party platforms but i think the republican party platform or the lack thereof is clear evidence that the party is having an internal civil war and is fracturing and pretty much won't survive this election regardless of if Trump wins or not, because I think it's, you know, this new, the basically I feel like what Trump and Kushner wanted to put forward, the establishment Republicans that are still pretty much running the party so much for draining the swamp, right? Yeah. Great. Thank you. you. You left most of the fucking swamp in there.
1: Oh, and you filled it up with different swamp creatures too.
0: Yeah, they're you know they're you know they're swamp light. Uh, it's it, you know they're they're more they're bog creatures, Jake. They're yeah. Bog. But I, they're from I'm not gonna lie. I
1: always preferred drinking Bud Heavy to Bud Light. So I think at this point I'd rather drink Swamp than Swamp Light. Same thing applies to Keystone. I mean, unless okay. it's cores, I don't want to drink the light version. <laughs> Um, but though I, Trump <laughs> might be Keystone Ice, which I never want to drink ever again. So,
0: no, he, he's he's Natty Light. Like, oh, God. yeah, because it's, you, you know, it's like at a party. And at the, the very beginning, it's like you're like, has anyone got any beer? And the guy shows up with a 30 rack of Natty of Natty. Like, yeah, I got I got the 30 rack of Natty. You're like, yeah, that's the man. And like two minutes in, you're just like, who the fuck let this dude in like that? That's Trump. So the
1: what is like the DNC like high life? Like I'll drink it, sure. No, no, but it's, I don't really want it. Rolling Rock? Uh,
0: no, rolling rocks way better than it's any gotta, of those. No, it's got to be some obscure like I don't want to say micro brew. They're right oh, No, no <laughs> here's here's what the, the what it's it's someone who brewed their own beer
1: and oh. thinks it's
0: great. They're like, I made an IPA, and you're like, why is it darker and thicker than an ale? And they're like, no, it's an IPA, I promise you, I swear. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, good. it's good. My mom said it's fantastic.
1: Wait, wait, wait. They they might be a cream ale, the DNC. Like, you think you want to drink it until the next morning when you have the shits from it.
0: Right, And but you have to convince everybody that this is the only beer that they should be drinking. Yeah, this no no you don't understand if you don't like it you don't fucking like beer.
1: Yeah, no, you don't like beer if you do not like cream cream ale.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, the tavern is uh, eventually going to create our own merch and one of the first things is going to be is cr- is cream cream ale on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Get your Bull Moose Tavern cream cream ale. Double the cream. Mm, good. <laughs> Um, but i think the lack of a platform for the republican party shows that there's this new republican party that the establishment just wouldn't like just couldn't get behind like no we don't we don't want that we don't we don't want to support that and you know and i feel like you're right they they hedged it's almost like they hedged their bets you know we don't want to put anything out because trump's probably not going to win so we're just going to, I mean, they literally say in their release, we'll get, we got you in 2024, <laughs> like re- really? And then, yeah. and then, and then going, we fully support Trump, whatever he says, fucking goes like that is they're bracing for the loss. And they're just like, look, this, you know, we, we had to back him in 2016. We got the excuse of COVID So we can just pull this bullshit and, you know, we'll let Trump, you know, it's the let Trump be Trump. And if he goes down there, I mean, I feel like the establishment is trying to save themselves from the fall so that if Trump goes down, they They don't have to be like, right. I, I mean, look, we didn't release a platform. It's not like we've really fully supported him.
1: So here, right from Trump Pence's 2020 website. I pulled up his two-page, what I'm pretty sure he wanted the party platform to be. And, you know, we're going to talk about how the DNC had too much substance. We're going to go the complete opposite here. I'm going to give you some high-level viewpoints. Trump campaign announces President Trump's second-term agenda, fighting for you. Okay. Jobs. Create 10 million new jobs in 10 months. Create 1 million new small businesses. Made in America tax credit. Eradicate.
0: Real quick, the uh, 10 million jobs and the 1 million new businesses is really easy to do when uh, all the jobs were artificially lost because of COVID and businesses were forced out of business because of COVID.
1: But he, I, he, I want to point out he has no details on how to make these things happen. They're just no points. Yes, Uh, sorry, go back to your point Eradicate COVID-19 Return to normalcy in 2021 Uh, right.
0: I get behind that one
1: um, Let's see Education Provide school choice to every child in America And teach American exceptionalism Drain um, the swamp
0: American American exceptionalism uh, Same Tired bullshit over and over Yes, I agree with it But bore uh, school choice, if someone can figure out how to do it, it's actually what should happen. A child shouldn't be forced to go to a shitty school because they live in a shitty school district. Like, this is why charter schools exist, gonna... this is why private schools exist. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen because it means, yeah, well, one, school choice would be the death of the teachers union because they wouldn't be able to you know hold down basically hold a precinct hostage but
1: oh really quick uh before i continue on this i i want to take a quick swerve back to the rnc because i shit on them a lot um i do want to give them credit for something and this actually came from a libertarian think group uh the right to choose or the right to try i think it's called that okay. uh, ability that if a, a drugs in phase two trials with the CDC or FDA, but not approved yet, that right. people who have terminal illnesses can have a chance to try those drugs, even if they're not in the trial group. Right. I think that was a really great thing. So I, I don't just want to shit on someone. I do want to give credit where credit is due. And credit is due for that passing in 2018. So really quick swerve. um. Back to Trump's policies. Back
0: to his policy platform.
1: Yeah. Drain the swamp. Uh, I don't believe any of this is going to happen.
0: A bigger pump because your current one isn't draining.
1: Pass congressional term limits. That will never happen under Donald Trump. It won't happen under Joe Biden either. But I'm sorry, you controlled both the House and the Senate during your first four years. And claimed that was something you wanted to do and never did it. You're not so, going to do
0: that. So, so just a quick aside, because I was thinking about that the other day, because like, that keeps getting brought up. Republicans controlled when Trump won the House and the Senate. And this goes back to my belief that the Republican Party is currently fractured right now. The Republican Party technically held the House and the Senate in 2016, but I don't think they did – in reality, because at that point in 2016, we didn't realize that there were really two Republican parties and it was the Republican establishment. And I'm, I'm not defending anything. I'm just saying that was the big flaw of 2016. And that's why they ended up losing the House, because they kept being like, no, we're Republicans. We have it. And like, I mean, if you look at it, almost every single establishment Republican lost their seat in the house I
1: have no doubt Paul Ryan is somewhere not backing Trump right now. Uh I have no doubt of about course. that. Of course. I mean he's always so. been
0: a never trumper. Yeah. Um, but I mean if we I mean we've talked about term limits. Yeah. before there's really only one way to do it and you have to write into the constitutional amendment that anybody currently in office is not going to have to be subject to the term limit while they're in office and all of that but i would love it 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 needs to happen it would solve 90 percent of our par- problems with the government but i just don't know how you get that passed how do you get people to vote themselves out of a job
1: yeah Continue. uh i want to take one another one from drain the swamp i'm really going to go over most of these pretty quickly after this just because of a word he uses and it's it's a dog whistle word for fascist groups. Drain the globalist swamp by taking on international organizations that hurt American citizens. Um, there's some dog whistles in that statement, including really? using the word globalist. It's, yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see globalist as a fascist dog whistle. I see it as a, um, isolationist uh, extremist dog whistle
1: i mean the reason why i
0: don't i don't call it a fascist dog whistle is because fascist dogma you know wants you know global domination it wants it wants the entire world under one sort of power so i'll go with a dog whistle the
1: reason i say that is i do listen to um, behind the bastards and they cover a lot of um, neo-nazis on it and i didn't know this before listening to it but uh, globalist is a word neo-nazis have started to use quite a bit to refer to jews to not say jews in public um so that there is some okay. dog whistle to it but
0: i okay I'm not going to say that he's using that to claim that Jews are controlling the world when his daughter and son are Oh, yeah, and Stephen children. Miller's a Jew, and yeah. They,
1: yes, but I, I would say there is some dog whistle in there to appeal to a certain base that may support Donald Trump. Awkwardly support Donald Trump. Yeah, okay. Um uh so then he has a whole thing about defending our police and providing them more money which is pretty crazy because they kept saying that uh the DNC wants to defund the police and send 911 to voicemail and Joe Biden has never said that even reallocating money for the police wouldn't send 911 to voicemail 911 does calls for the police uh fire and ambulance and Joe Biden has explicitly said he wants to get police forces more money than they currently have. So, right. um,
0: well, remember the the DNC is also going spectrum. against, well, they're going against Trump. The RNC was right versus left. When you yes. do that, you can ignore the middle left and you can focus on the far left and the left wingers, they want. All police gone and they want the nine one one to go to voicemail because they want community policing. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh end illegal immigration and protect the American worker. Uh innovate for our future, just one I want to draw attention to here. Um launch Space Force, establish a permanent man presence on the moon, and send the first man mission to Mars. As great as that is, do we really need a permanent presence on the moon? and yes you think we really need a permanent presence on the moon
0: um it's the way that i've heard it explained is that if we have a moon base um interplanetary travel gets exponentially easier because the the majority of what it takes to get anywhere in our solar system like 75 to 80 percent of it is just getting out of our fucking atmosphere so if you establish and and this is like from Elon Musk and all and Neil deGrasse Tyson those people. So if you establish a moon base, um, the jump now is like, boom, Wait, yeah. But I do have one fear that if you if you launch something off of the moon with a little too much force, are you gonna force the moon <laughs> closer to, like just? Oh shit, we shouldn't have launched that star craft oh the moon's coming all right bend over kids and kiss your ass goodbye like uh like, so, it, but i don't i don't think it should be a u.s moon base because then we're gonna have a russian moon base and a chinese moon base and they're gonna start throwing shit at each other it should be like we have the international space station it should be an international effort we're all working together to conquer you know interplanetary travel Thank here's
1: you. a here's a couple other what i find funny ones to this one Win the race to 5G and establish a nationwide high-speed wireless internet network. Now, I find that funny because Q is supporting Trump quite a bit, and Q believes 5G is, like, giving us COVID to support the sex predators and stuff. So, like, sorry, Trump, you just hurt – well, Q will – Establish it that Trump's playing 4D chess to destroy 5G or something in their crazy heads. Don't
0: don't we? Don't we have? I saw a commercial for AT and T. Don't we already have 5G? Yeah. Is that not? Is that not? It's not widespread yet. It's a new. It's not our 5G. Is that Chinese 5G? Maybe. No. It's not even. It's someone else's five. Jake, we need to establish. No, we need to get 6G. Oh. We we need to jump over the 5G.
1: No let, let's let's pull an iPhone, skip the next few numbers and have 10G. Um, another one continue to lead the world in access to the cleanest drinking water and cleanest air. Dude, you're deregulating air pollution and you still haven't fixed Flint's water crisis. So I call BS.
0: It's a nice platitude yes because it's it's going off of the statistically. You know, if you look at the statistics of the United States, we're already there. So it's a nice, like, little bucket,
1: you know. I just took stats, (laughs) too, and found out that, you know, averages make things look better than they actually are. Uh, American first policy, uh, get allies to pay their fair share. He's big on this. No clear meaning on what that is. Uh, And then defend American values. Protect on life through every means available. Defend the freedom of religious believers and organizations. And support the Second Amendment rights.
0: That's it's just a lot, it's, basic. It's generic. Generic talking Spoiler points. Boilerplate plate talking points. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Verse. Oh, God, the. The DNC beast of a document. Um, well, any final points on the RNC not actually releasing a platform and Trump releasing a two-page bullet point like what I would for show notes? Uh,
0: that's what he released, is just podcast notes uh, for Pretty talking much. points. Um, no, nothing to add. It just, I think it just speaks volumes to the... Fracture within the party i mean his 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 powerpoint notes are pretty generic <laughs> and boiler point boilerplate um but here's the here's the fucked up part there's a good chance it'll work it's it's generic enough to keep the base together oh, you know yeah. it it has it it calls out to the like and here's here's where i think like Both sides tried to do the same thing. And we'll find out in November who did it better. You know, we'll find out uh, on election night who did it better. But the RNC basically did the, meh, we'll let the orange man tell you what the fuck he wants. And generic boiler point. To get, you know, most people to be like, hey, I can see myself in there. Whereas the DNC... Uh, threw in everything in the kitchen sink in hoping that, you know, you wouldn't read the whole thing and you'll just, you'll find (laughs) your your specific section. Well,
1: okay, let's be honest here. What the average voter does, outside of maybe watching the convention, I won't even see the average voter watches the convention. They watch news highlights of the convention. We're probably one of, like, 1% 1% of voters, maybe, that even have opened either of the party platforms and realized that the RNC does not have a 2020 party platform <laughs> and have looked at uh, the DNC's uh, homebrew D&D campaign they wrote.
0: Like <laughs> That's a good explanation for it. They, well, it's, They wrote it's, a homebrew campaign. Out... Well, I mean it's I mean before the preamble they even have this land acknowledgement that sort of, you know, it feels like that's the background to the campaign. You know, we're just we're, we're establishing the lore of this land.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we're missing the map, but I guess we could just use the US. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, so... is the land acknowledgement is also acknowledging that the indig- indigenous people of the United States and they call out a bunch of tribes that they're pretty much recognizing um in it but then it goes into a preamble and
0: hey were were our local tribes called out uh, let's see mm. I just pulled it up, too. No. No, does not look like
1: any of our local tribes got.
0: First democracy within America, the coming together, the Seneca Nation, the coming together of different tribes that actually formed a fucking democracy in this country, and you can't even give them, like, a little shout-out? Nope,
1: they don't get a shout-out.
0: Band of Mohican Indians. Like, throw that in there.
1: All right, so... Seneca
0: Nation. uh,
1: The preamble starts... yeah oh you do you do live near yeah no acknowledgement
0: nothing you know fine all right you know all right so i mean cuomo Uh, couldn't have pulled some strings
1: i mean he did get to speak at the that was the strings he pulled he got to speak
0: oh my god he called it the european virus where the fuck did that come from
1: oh that was making fun of china virus because new York batch came from europe no no That is, because our version that hit New York came from Europe, not China. China hit the West Coast. Uh, our, there's an actual distinguish between European COVID and Chinese COVID, and the one that hit New York was European COVID.
0: Wait, wait, hold on. Because I haven't done... I've done research on COVID, but I haven't done that much. There are two strains Yeah, there's two COVID? strains. Yeah, there's okay, two so strains. this thing is even more widespread than we thought which would make it even less deadly then yeah. we never mind six percent yeah. all right two strains um all right uh fuck the lockdowns.
1: more than six percent but that's a different argument not for okay uh so the preamble starts with their joker uh um we live in a society thing america is an idea and then it's got a dash. Like, it doesn't even finish that, that sentence. <laughs> like, well, because,
0: uh, you know, it you actually has a double dash or a long dash. Long dash.
1: Yeah. America is an idea, one that has endured and evolved through war and depression, prevailed over fascism and communism, and radiated hope to far distance corners
0: of the earth. Which is why we're going, we're inviting communism back into the country.
1: Um, So, yeah. Oh, my God. And then it's three pages
0: for a preamble. Let me put it this way. The preamble is longer than, hold on, 60 percent of all of the Democratic Party platforms that came before it. The preamble. Well, and
1: then they oh. have a preamble on the preamble because before they actually get, I'm not even going to read anymore. I'm just going through the table of contents at this point. That's after smart. the preamble is protecting America and recovering from the COVID-19 pandemic, which I think that's smart. I mean, even if you want to believe only six percent of the deaths were real, this wrecked havoc on America, and we well, need to do okay. something to recover.
0: Um. Just to go off of that, yes, I believe there are absolutely more deaths than six percent, but the deaths aren't close to the hundred and what are we? What do they claim now? One hundred and eighty thousand. When
1: John Hopkins,
0: I mean, so they released the the thing and they came out and they said six percent, and and yes, more than six percent you can attribute to COVID. With the six for those of our four listeners who. Aren't as informed as Jake and I are. What the six percent is referring to is the CDC came out to clarify the number of total deaths from COVID-19 and said only six percent of the total deaths died from only COVID-19. That's mean they had no pre-existing conditions. There was no comorbidity, as they call it. They then went and said that of the other 94 percent, the average comorbidity rate was 2.5 other things that contributed to the person's death. Now, whether the 6 whether you believe that it's 6% is the total deaths or 180,000 is the total deaths.
1: 189,000 okay.
0: deaths. Both those numbers are wrong. What you have to do is you have to take the data and you got the 6%, okay, that's your starting point. You then need to take into account every single um, comorbidity that is a respiratory issue and pneumonia if influenza is in there as a comorbidity in my opinion you take that out they more they are more likely to have died from the flu because the flu it wreaks havoc on more of the body than covid 19 i mean this isn't march anymore we have more data we've more information we know what covid 19 actually does to the body also there i believe There's 50,000... Don't quote me on this. There's a significant number within their total deaths that they listed out on this of unintentional comorbidity statistics, which basically means anybody that died from something like a car accident or getting shot. Why those ever got included in the numbers in the first place is fucking beyond me. But you know we wanted to uh the whole issue the reason why the deaths in covid-19 is so politicized and people are able to argue on either side goes back to march and the decisions that the cdc made in the face of the who and this is why our numbers look so much worse than other countries in the world the who came out with two designators for death, They came out with one designator which has died with COVID and one designator that died from COVID. That 6% number is the died from COVID because the rules on it are you cannot have any other factors that led to your death. The U.S. in the beginning should have done what every other country did, which was accept both of those um, – what a marker, whatever you call it, the labels – and our report death certificates on both. and report on both instead the u.s said in the beginning we're only going to report on the with covid which fucks up all the numbers and oh. the problem is countries like china the reason why everybody's like well china doesn't have nearly the number of deaths of they the US, just
1: reported they on only the report the from so china's deaths are higher ours are probably a little bit lower right. than they are
0: but that's the thing. In it the world, also, we have no idea what anybody's numbers are in the world. It also comes. This is so off topic. Um, it's okay. This is what we do. It, Welcome to it, the tavern. This is it why it also it's a two-track.
1: This is a newer virus. It's only. I mean, I'm going to say it's at least 12 months old. But even at 12 to 15 months old, we've really only been tackling it since late February. We still have things we don't know about it. On top of that. Trump refused to give strong national authority on it. Yes, he claims his China ban, his China ban, his China ban, but he left most of it up to the states, and he never should have done that. The federal government should have been in there presenting guidelines better than they did for everything that happened. So,
0: I understand why... I'm going to give that a shrug.
1: (laughs) I understand why the DNC has... This protecting Americans and recovering from COVID-19 pandemic, because we are in a recovery process right now, both from people getting sick, from our economy being shut down, our states acting so differently.
0: Through uh, from Cuomo uh, murdering 12,000 seniors in nursing homes. As Jake takes a long drink (laughs)
1: Yes, I keep paying attention to how many deaths there are and total cases, and I do have to say I'm absolutely amazed at how we've slowed down New York compared to other states like California, who along with their fire, wildfires are just exploding in COVID cases. But then I also look at deaths and went, how did New York go so wrong on the deaths where we're still almost in some cases three times higher than most other states in their deaths even states with similar or higher populations and higher case counts cuomo totally fucked that one up so oh man what else do they got here
0: yeah i'm i'm letting i'm letting you go through the the platform and uh pull out pull out your highlights because uh as as someone with uh ADD and, you know, not the greatest uh, love of reading. Yeah, it's just, I see a lot of words and I go, I'd rather have some of those bad music videos again. Oh, God,
1: not the last one. That was a horrible rendition of uh, what is happening here. Um, What is uh, happening
0: here?
1: Building a stronger and fairer economy. Protecting workers and families by creating millions of jobs. Here's the millions of jobs thing again. That's right. a talking point on both sides. Mm-hmm. Raising wages, enacting Should we just ro- go
0: off of the the table of contents? That's all we... I'm doing. That's yeah. all I'm doing. Let's pretend that's the that's yeah. the, that's the platform. <laughs> I'm going off the Trump version, which is
1: just these exact points. Oh yeah, uh, they're bullet points. That's enacting fair. robust work-family policies. Investing in the engines of job creation and building a fair system of international trade for our workers. Hey, I don't know the details. They actually provided details on, like, Trump, but those all sound like great things to me. Sure. Sure. Putting home ownership in reach and guaranteeing safe housing for every American. There's so many abandoned homes in America that, yeah, I mean... This goes back to the fact that like, our grandparents were able to buy homes on one year's wage of working at a factory, and right. homes have gone through the roof. I mean, uh, San Francisco has an issue with predatory Chinese market takeover where investors from China are buying homes in San Francisco, not actually renting to anyone. Well, the homeless population goes up just because they know the more the home value will go up so right. that they can sell it for higher. There should be, I don't know if government reach into that is, but maybe some better ways to get homes and stuff.
0: Yeah, I don't know. This bullet point just sort of reminds me of 2008. Yeah. That's just oh, what well, it sounds well. like.
1: Well, here's your 2008. Leveling the economic playing field. Reform the tax code to benefit working families. Curbing Wall Street abuse. Ending poverty. Protecting consumer rights and privacy. Tackling runaway corporate concentration.
0: Because um, the crazy. Democrats did so good with that in the eight years that they were in office. So. They're not going to curb Wall Street. Pete They're going to bail it is, out again.
1: <laughs> Pete Buttigieg going to work for... Biden And he got funded by Wall Street and had a fundraising thing in a a wine cave. Like, they're locked in pace with Wall Street. Ending poverty, yeah, they'll do some things. Reforming the tax code to benefit working families. I will take this because I'm going to be honest here. My taxes went up under the Trump tax policy. So... I've owed the federal government every year under Trump. That never happened under Obama. I will take a Democratic tax code if it's like Obama's any day. So I've always
0: had to pay taxes, but that's what happens when you're a small business owner. Yeah. They fuck you over both ways.
1: Also, um, I know you're a small business owner, so this doesn't affect you. But I have not got a merit raise since Trump took office, where that was something I used to get almost – a two to five percent raise every year under obama so uh economically trump has not been better for me
0: i'm jake i'm gonna say on the merit raise uh that's just your company being a dick because for the first time in the last uh since i joined my company uh we we were able to give everybody merit raises so i i don't know what's going on at your company but uh it's, I uh, won't disagree you're, a little bit, but you're not a small business, so yeah, that's maybe true. That, maybe that's why.
1: Uh, guarantee a
0: secure and I dignified like retirement. What? I also like my employees, but oh, that's know, true. I digress. Guarantee
1: a secure and dignified retirement. Sure, yeah. What uh, does
0: that What does that mean? The nursing home I, has I, more nasty go, tables. I'm not gonna go read these. The,
1: I mean, that's. It's one page, but I'm not going to go the, read it.
0: The, I, we're just Depends, trying to get through this. The, the Depends don't have tigers on them. They look like real underwear. That's a dignified retirement. What I'm going to guess is he's
1: talking about <laughs> the fact that they want to cut the payroll tax, which funds Social Security. And he's probably talking about increasing Social Security or something. I don't know. Something. probably. I
0: mean, that's an interesting thing for me, because that's where I lean libertarian. And I go, you know, if you if I took the money that I put into Social Security and put it into a 401k or Roth IRA or just the basic shittiest of even just a savings account with the lowest of yield possible, I will have more money when I retire than what I would get from Social Security. Like, that's where the libertarian me kicks in. Just let me have my money, and I will have more of it in the end than giving it. Basically, I mean, Social Security is basically a loan to the government where they pay you back in dividends after a certain amount of time. Or I guess that would be more like a bond. Yeah. Either way.
1: Eh, Yeah, Social Security needs reformation, and it's not like we're going to get it anyways. It's going to be bankrupt by the time we get to retirement age, so...
0: I've Whatever. pretty much been counting on that I'm not gonna be getting it. So, but then again, my 401k has like five dollars in it. So,
1: oh, my Good on 401k me. is better off than that. But that's a different point. We can have a whole economics uh, episode. All right, well, um, stay tuned. So, uh, before I go into this section, let's let's talk about the fact that there's a party split because the words I'm going to say is not what biden supports achieving universal affordable quality health care universal health care means government-funded health care biden does not support that he supports expansions to obamacare which has its own issues if he meant true universal health care with affordability as a top that would mean that in within the government system, there would be basics covered by government health care. And then there would be add on insurance that would be affordable for you to buy. If you wanted above and beyond what basic health care was basic right. health care. If you break your arm, you can go to the hospital, get it fixed uh, above and beyond. I want LASIK eye surgery so that I can see better. That's not covered under universal health care. You need to either pay out of pocket or get above and beyond insurance on that. Right. Um, Which, I mean, going right to it, securing universal health care through a public option, uh, bringing down drug prices and taking on the pharmaceutical industry.
0: I will say credit where credit is due. Um, I don't know how it happened, but whatever executive order Trump did with the pharmaceuticals and whatever magic that is, has caused certain medications to go from like that's normally $90 for a two week supply down to like $5. And it's just one of those going up to the pharmacy and getting ready to like, here, here you go for, you know, this month's supply. And they're like, it's just like $10. So I don't know what wizardry that was. I know there was some clause that now the us we have to pay whatever the cheapest country pays is from a ph- pharmaceutical standpoint so yeah.
1: hey, credit where credit's due i gave him credit in his uh, right to try there's credit yeah. where credit is due not
0: what why is he only like doing good things with when it comes to like medication and he- oh because he's old and he's setting this up so when he loses he has he, uh, he needs to handle
1: he, something he needs something for his mini strokes that he had you know the mini strokes no one said he had until he came out and said he didn't have a mini stroke uh so yeah he had mini strokes so he needs something i mean look uh, we got
0: we got two this is this is the election of the geriatrics with brain damage and questionable <laughs> moral character. Both of them. Re- Both you're, of them. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you ready, America? Which which old rich white asshole do you want?
1: Uh oh man. Uh no, reduce health
0: care cost and improve
1: uh health and substance use treatments. Uh, or sorry, and improve healthcare quality, eliminate racial, gender, and geographic healthcare care inequalities, and there's a bunch of subjections under both of those. Strengthen and support the healthcare workforce. Invest in healthcare science and research. Yeah, that's all great stuff. What you actually plan to do if it's just expanding Obamacare, it's not going to be enough. Like.
0: No. And it's not. let's be honest, what Obamacare was, was it was just pay for it or we're going to fine you, which is basically paying for it. So I mean, thanks. I've heard I, I love Ob- being Obama- forced to pay stuff.
1: Yeah, I heard Obamacare was OK before the pharmaceutical and drug companies got in there and ripped it apart. Oh,
0: the, first, the first draft of it was a step in the right direction. Theoretically, it might have gone a little bit too far down the socialist route but it was right and then it just once again I, I feel like the democratic party lets too many people get in the kitchen and that's why we're now in the position we're in reading a 90 page well when document, i mean when there's two
1: parties and one has become the hardcore christian party and the one has tried to become the party for everyone else Of course there's too many hands in the kitchen because not everyone fits into A or B, but A, let's say A is the Democrats, is trying to fit in everyone who isn't B. Right. So that doesn't work.
0: And here's my fear with 2020 because Democrats are trying to be all things to all people. As we get closer to November, if they start pissing off – certain people i mean i fully believe that in 2016 that's one of the main reasons that hillary lost i mean we all know the bernie supporters got so pissed off they either voted for trump or stayed home out of spite yeah i mean that's what happens when you try to be all things to all people
1: yeah that's true uh protect communities and build trust by reforming our criminal justice system awesome uh, yeah. You got the guy who passed the crime bill and uh, <laughs> so, a D.A. Oh. from L.A. County uh, reforming criminal justice system. So uh, wait,
0: you mean the person that wrote the crime bill that led to mass incarceration and then the person who used it the most out of any other D.A. You, but they're
1: going to be you... the most
0: progressive
1: Democrats since F.D.R., yeah, bullshit. Not on this topic. And, uh just to that topic. This is a big bullet point that has no subsections and is
0: 4 <laughs> pages long. Um once again, that is longer than most total party platforms <laughs> of the past. It's about a
1: third of most other total party <laughs> platforms. Uh healing the American soul, protecting civil rights, achieving racial justice and equality protecting women's rights LBG LGBTq plus rights, disability rights uh, honored indignant oh, man I am indigenous. indigenous tribal nations ending violence against women, ending the epidemic of gun violence supporting faith and service supporting freedom of press, supporting the arts and culture great things. And I will say one thing for Joe is Anita Hill just announced that she will be not only supporting Joe Biden, but helping him on women's rights. You know, the Anita Hill that he ignored in the Clarence Thomas uh, Supreme Court nomination is supporting Joe Biden. So, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's all great stuff. And I feel like a lot of this has... Maybe not been – some of it's definitely been torn down in the past ten years. Some of it just hasn't been improved at all either. So, I do got to point out, though, like, Obama wasn't great with the tribe sometimes, like the Keystone Pipeline, and them not wanting it to go through tribal territory, but him saying it's too important and firing rubber bullets at protesters, so… Let's not forget the Democrats aren't all sunshine and rainbow.
0: More of the same. More
1: of the same. Yay. <laughs> hey, they might be better than Trump, but they're not sunshines and rainbows. The battle's not over yet. Yeah. Even if Biden wins. Yeah. Uh, combating the climate crisis and pursuing environmental justice. Again, that doesn't have any subsections, but I know he wants to reenter the Paris Climate Accord.
0: Yeah. Um, so oh, great! Oh, in this section, six pages. So
1: yeah. Uh, again, with we no sub bullets. We have not read this.
0: So. No, we're we're literally doing this at as as we go through this.
1: Uh, restoring and strengthening our democracy, uh, protecting and enforcing voting rights. Awesome. Reform in the broken campaign finance system. If he's willing to do it, awesome. Build effective <laughs> treatment of the federal. And transparent federal government Don't see that happening But again, awesome Make Washington D.C. the 51st state Yeah, we We have stated that before As a possibility Uh, Guarantee self-determination For Puerto Rico Okay, supporting U.S. territories And strengthen the U.S. Postal Service
0: Oh, and here we go with the fucking Post office So, Yeah, the Like that was another point of their convention. They kept bringing up the post office and the post office is under attack. And once again, we're pretending like for the last 10 years, we haven't been collectively as a society shitting on the post office for being fucking awful all the time. (laughs) But, but now
1: they have the highest approval rating of
0: any government organization. Ugh, it's just, yeah, because people don't want their junk mail and you know, to stop coming. Although one of my favorite lies from the DNC convention is that seniors rely on the post office for their Social Security checks, even though, um, you know, what was it, four years ago, five years ago, uh, the Social Security Administration switched to an all paperless system and you they don't actually send out checks in the mail anymore it's all direct deposit or debit card so it, they did and bring I up the point try. that a lot
1: of seniors rely on the post office for their drugs and i have heard there's been a slowdown in that um yes we could have a whole thing about the post office and potentially even get someone from the postal service on but uh, yeah as
0: long as they don't go postal <laughs> uh, probably one of my favorite uh a quick uh, tangent one of my favorite uh seinfeld episodes is when uh newman explains why people go postal and it's uh one of my favorite rants of all time and just it just never stops it keeps coming and coming
1: i gotta send you there's another song i gotta send you suppose uh, the guy who did i'm awesome back when we we're in college i've really been digging his stuff but he's got a song off one of his albums called mr postman which is all about him hating the postman for delivering his bills and stuff and it's hysterical uh that's actually a pretty good song um create a 21st century immigration system again this has no sub segments and it's about three pages long It'd
0: be interesting to know what that
1: means maybe we should read this but like i don't have time to read I, this 94 page document
0: no we'll, we'll we'll keep going we're just gonna say it's yeah i don't know it, it probably oh, has platitudes in there that doesn't actually say anything real
1: here's a great one if they could deliver on it providing a world-class education in every zip code guaranteeing universal early childhood education i'm actually all up for this pretty much he wants to make pre-k well this is kamala's thing more than his uh he she wants to make pre-k part of the school system so you would send your kids to school from pre-k through 12th grade um
0: i mean i would be all in favor of that if the u.s changed its basically the education parameters. I mean, my feeling is that we emphasize schooling and, um, you know, the, the, the training of how to take tests in pre-K and kindergarten and first grade. And I think it's the Japanese model that focuses pre-K and kindergarten on social and play over actual um topics and i mean having a kid now i'm i'm all for you know pre-k being part of the education system as long as it's not just a way to force indoctrination of sitting in rows and being spoon-fed you know um educational standards from that early age as long as it you know, keeps the emphasis on play and socialization and, and, you know, social constructs, that's, you know, that would be beneficial in my, cause I mean, right now, pre-K is pretty much, you know, depending on where you are, it's all over the place.
1: Yeah. No. Um, so he's got some other bullet points in there, including uh, making student loans more affordable. I don't want to go over all the bullet points cause we're talking about
0: oh. education right now. You- you want to make uh, student loans more affordable? Drop the federal backing of college loans. Once yeah. uh, colleges aren't guaranteed money and people start defaulting on those loans, you're going to see the cost of uh, college education drop real quick.
1: Because they're like, oh shit, we can't collect on this. Right. Um, my, my point really quick is I want to go on a, a side tangent about education because I had a tweet yes, a couple days ago about education and a realization – um, that maybe one day I want to be a teacher, but it came with a realization, and this is no offense to people who have adopted the teaching job and try to do the teaching job, it's an offense of our education system. I realize that most teachers in the K-12 through 12 grade are not teachers. They are trainers. They are there to teach you how to pass a standardized test that will get you into college. I agree with that. You do not get teachers until college because at the college level, most teachers don't care if you fail. They're there to teach you something. And they also – and I will say most teachers because I definitely had some teachers that were different than this – don't care if you agree with them. You are there to learn an opinion and you can have an opposing opinion and still get an A in college. But K through 12 is there to teach you how to pass a standardized test that we have determined is the correct way to give our children education. And... I think our entire education system needs a reform.
0: I would agree with that. I never so. really thought of it that way. But now that you bring that up, you know, I, I completely agree. You know, yeah, um, you're absolutely right. <laughs> the Well, one, our education system hasn't changed in over 100 years. And, you know, it makes sense when you put it that way, because, you know, The hallmarks of our education system was designed to program children to be ready for factory jobs, standing in a line, um, you know, following you know set, you know,
1: think too much.
0: Yep, because you you got to follow the protocol. Your situations. You're a cog in a machine. You're, you know, you have to follow the clock. Um, you want to strive for a grade because you want the product to be grade A, not a grade B. That's quality control. I mean, whole thing's fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's education why education system. Yes, yeah, It's why up. it's why charter schools and private schools pump out. Uh, at, you get high quality students from public schools as well. But on from a statistical level, charter schools and private schools produce More. I'm just gonna say it this way, and if you have a problem with it, fuck it. Uh, Charter schools and private schools produce higher quality students because they're not following the pre pre, um, prescribed um, you know curriculum that is put forth, you know, that has been in place for the last hundred years. A charter school or a private school is able to, I don't know, look at the times and change. So.
1: I will say that there is the ability to break that mold as someone who went to a public school, spent support, which, hey, fuck you and what you're trying to do to that teacher who went to the Black Lives Matter protest. He was using his free speech uh, and not representing the school. Sorry, vice principal. And went to a SUNY school. I mean, I got that good uh, indoctrination (laughs) education from my choices. so but I'm still I,
0: here. Yeah. Well it's one of those your your mindset and your temperament can can change and can combat a lot. I mean You know, it's it's all about, you know, the life that happens to you and how you the person that questions the world around them is generally going to do better than the person that just accepts things because you're constantly questioning which means you're evolving your thought process and your pattern i mean what's we should
1: the whole start p- teaching philosophy in sixth grade and continue teaching it through 12th grade as a mandatory semester class different types of philosophy yet whew, don't teach your students that because who give them the free thought uh, bubble of philosophy and you're just uh Potentially setting them off on a rail of not being able to be controlled.
0: I mean, I feel bad for the teachers that will have to teach my children because I have the belief I fully, uh, fully embody the principles that were taught to me from Assassin's Creed. Nothing is true. Everything is permitted. Um and may the I'm...
1: father of understanding guide <laughs> us.
0: Like, I just I just see my kids and like teachers are gonna say things and they're my like my kids are gonna be like, Yeah, but why? And the teacher's gonna have a meltdown and I'm gonna get called in the principal are like, you know, they're talking back to the teacher. Oh, what what happened? Well, you know, they just kept questioning that. Oh. Okay, so you're telling me this because you're reprimanding the teacher high five bud (laughs) like yeah it's uh philosophy would be hilarious in like a seven-year-old i mean parents i I think most parents nowadays wouldn't be able to handle it
1: i can't handle my four-year-old and her freaking philosophical thinking like I had a question today. Is Santa real? Well, do you think Santa's real? Yeah, we've met him before. But how does he know if I'm being naughty? Well, Santa magic. Do you believe in magic? Yeah, fairy wands are real. And fairies are magic. So magic must be real. And it's like, oh, man, once you, like, really start learning some thinking patterns, like, you're going to be dangerous.
0: My like, son can't talk yet, but I know he's trying to make logical arguments with me and point out fallacies within the world. And just, I mean, he gets the no and the yeah down really well. And, uh, <laughs> uh I'm in for a world of hurt because I know how much of a pain in the ass I was as a kid. So, and Jake, just, I'm sure that what goes around comes around for you as well. So,
1: I'm just thinking, like, teach a whole bunch of sixth graders philosophy and then let them loose on their teachers and <laughs> just see what happens. Just don't teach them the darker sides of philosophy. Keep nihilism away from kids that young. <laughs> Basic Greek philosophy. You know, some Socratic dialogues. So, oh, man. Yeah. Um, and then, OK, so. Let's let's round up the end of this and our convention talk. Uh, the next section is 20 pages long with a bunch of subpoints: renewing America leadership, and then each of these subpoints has subpoints. But revitalizing American diplomacy, transforming our armed forces for the 21st century, mobilizing the world to address transnational challenges, advancing America's interests. And then, yeah, each one of those has subtopics upon <laughs> subtopics. I like
0: the advancing American interests, and then it's, like, each continent?
1: Global so. economic trade. Africa, America, Asia Pacific, Europe, Middle East. I mean, like, I feel like that's a really slap in the face, like, to Australia, to just bunch them in and be, like, Asia Pacific. Like... And even the Americas, (laughs) that's a slap in the face. Like, at least do North America and South America. They are different continents. If you're just going to list off the continents and then somehow make the Middle East its own standalone item, at least list off all the continents. I mean, what's our policy for Antarctica? Like, (laughs) what's the American interest for Antarctica?
0: Yeah. No, that's... uh... I mean, Canada, America's hat. Cool. I could click into the sub bullets, but I'm just not going to because you put too much in here, DNC. Put so much. You put so I mean, much. God,
1: ending forever wars? Come on. Obama was going to end the war. It didn't happen. Trump was going to end the war. It didn't happen.
0: At my this favorite, point, my favorite part of ending. the of the DNC was or maybe it wasn't in the DNC, maybe it was after the DNC, but it was all those, um, Republican. Was it the national security advisors or just the, the Republican, like national security, like big wigs. There was like the group from like Bush to, Oh, with before, like Cole whatever and was there. And right. Stuff. It was, it was like that huge group. I think it was like 20 or 30 names. And it was like, they all back Biden. And I'm like, you mean the, people who are in favor of the forever wars like the majority of the people who fed us the lie of you know wmds like you you're con and this goes back to the trying to be the party for everybody you're contradicting yourself in so many ways but that's fine oh yeah that's i mean like
1: there's no way that this is the party for aoc and george conway <laughs> they are two different
0: no it's, of it's the party for aoc and uh because he God, awkwardly stood in front of, front a, of a, a crossroads a crossroads uh like does the man not understand visuals like did he not get it during the 2016 primary with all the eating that maybe you should be aware of what you look like on camera
1: well you want to talk about earlier on when you mentioned the devil and them forgetting uh under god and the uh upside down um star
0: i will say the story went
1: sideways. literally down to the crossroads oh i didn't even think of that he literally went down to the crossroads where a deal with the devil was made for rock and roll music so
0: so wait is he the devil no what's the symbolism there is he trying to be the devil to get the republicans if if the
1: republicans were smart and i hope none of them listen to this they'd be like Kasich went down to the crossroads and made a deal with the devil Democrats, you know.
0: But the real question is, can he play the guitar? Probably not. Oh. I don't know. The kazoo?
1: Yeah, maybe the kazoo. He strikes me as a kazoo guy. But yeah, you went from Trump's two-page bullet points to 92 pages of details, which are great – But barely anyone's going to read those details. And you didn't cover them in your convention. No, I I would say Trump's convention stuck to his bullet points through and through.
0: Right. I mean, you literally have the party of you have the DNC on one side with. A 90 page manifesto that in any other context would be like what you'd find on on a crazy guy's laptop
1: yeah the unabomber left that
0: right and then and then a convention that pretty much acted as if it never existed and then you have the republicans who with their platform are like fuck it what does the orange man want and then you have uh my bullet points and then i don't know what that voice was and then <laughs> you you have you have the rnc sponsored by trump yeah it's <laughs> like just just I a, think a,
1: a couple big times marketing. i think a couple times uh but rnc was trying to sell trump as the sunken coming of jesus christ it, it definitely felt like I mean, it a couple the, times
0: was, was that the the republican party or is that trump trying to sell himself as the second coming i mean because i said he has approved everything
1: that is definitely trump he's probably like you didn't mention how like i'm i'm godly enough even though i've had three affairs and slept with a stripper after my son was born and i'm probably sleeping with someone who isn't melania right now because she hates me so
0: he's human he's not jesus he doesn't even believe in the shit I don't believe for
1: one minute that Trump's an actual Christian. If anything, he's a Scientologist. Like, that's his type of grift. No,
0: religion. he's he's not a Scientologist. But it's you his. Got,
1: it's a grift religion made for someone like Donald Trump.
0: N- well, not to, not to defend Donald Trump because I don't give a shit. But to, dis, but to in favor of disparaging scientology i feel like you can't be that level of narcissist and be scientology like if trump could be the grand poobah of scientology yeah you're, you're right. right that's the religion for him but he'd have to succumb and like donate and give the money and yeah all I mean, that and, unless like,
1: he could Unless he could convince them somehow, he is Elron Hubbard they just in
0: charge. Yeah. Yeah. The, they but, do the weird test thing, and you know, like, oh look, theons, I have I have thirty-seven mitochondria or mitochondrians in my bloodstream. His
1: Theons, Theons? I don't know. His Theon Greyjoys are high enough. <laughs>
0: he gets to be... <laughs> Oh man, like. This whole thing was a fucking mess. And I'm glad that I forced you to suffer. 2020 is a mess. 2020.
1: 2020, And these conventions. Prove it.
0: Oh these conventions are literally. I mean one. Political discord could not be higher. We're fractured. We're letting the fucking wingers. Pretty much dictate everything. Like. America's not as fractured. as as the wingers want us to feel I mean I almost feel like if you've ever I, I'm I'm sure you have you've seen the movie A Bug's Life right it's been a while but yeah okay well there's the I watched it recently because my son somehow found it on Disney Plus and uh, I think it was Disney Plus and uh, we had to watch it even though he's two and he doesn't really understand it and there are definitely parts in there where I'm like oh we got to fast forward through this because you're too young to see this you'll you'll you know internalize it and then you're going to have nightmares because you're not even two yet. But there's the point where the head evil grasshopper picks up a seed and he throws it at one of his underlings and it hits him. And he's like, does, did that hurt? And he's like, no, he picks up another one. He throws it at him. He's like, did that hurt? And it hits him in the face. And he's like, no, not really. Then he pulls a lever and the whole like, storage thing falls and crushes him to death with all the seeds and he walks over and he the bad guy picks up another seed and he explains to all of his underlings and he's like he says, you know, they outnumber us, you know, a hundred to one. And if they ever realize that, they would destroy us, which is why we need to keep them thinking that they're weak and that they're individuals And that way they'll never rise up. And like I feel like that's what we're in. that The extremes on both sides have taken the middle. And the middle, for the most part, has always been complacent in the two-party system. And has always been like, you know, I'm going to lean one way or the other. If the middle just fucking all of us moderates and us reasonable fucking people rose up and told the left and the right to fuck off we could have a decent country again you know you know maybe you know maybe we could get real change maybe we could get real policy instead of letting the pendulum swing back and forth instead of letting you know the the trumps and the bidens of the world you know rule over us it's just you know how about it's time for the middle to have their day but that'll never happen because you know people in the middle are reasonable so we don't go on tv and scream we just sort of sit here and we're like well that that doesn't make sense but okay Ah, uh, yeah
1: i kind of hope that biden wins in the debate field and that there is a fact checker live for the entire debate because not only will it be funny to see almost every Trump talking point put into some sort of scale of not factual, maybe not fully pants on fire. If it's like using the political f- fact scale, but it'll be funny when Biden starts having some talking points that he's like, Oh yeah, that's not actually like a hundred percent factual. It's like, <laughs> if you look at that talking point, um, but man, 2020 is be- t- a mess. Giant I mean, I, 2020. I feel
0: like, I feel like, like with the debates, it's it's almost the whole, like, Biden versus Trump. I almost feel like it's getting hyped up to the point that as long as Biden doesn't shit himself on stage, it's going to be a win for him. <laughs> I mean, like, I still think you put,
1: you know, Trump's a, a – and Vince McMahon are close friends. You put Donald Trump and Mike Pence in a – cage ring with joe biden and kamala harris and whoever walks out the tag team champions at the end gets to be president even make it a hair versus hair match so trump might get his head shaved <laughs> like
0: well
1: let's let's sink that low we're at that point now i'd be fine with that idiocracy yeah, yeah.
0: i mean mondo it's what plants need i almost om- i almost feel like that's pretty much i mean the the tag team cage match it's almost i think that's the perfect uh, metaphor for uh this year it's the level of absurdity is there you know we just i i i think instead of the the fact checker scale which for both of them is just going to be back and forth like you know you know yeah you got all the shit that trump has said and then you got uh biden who you know uh, oh, yeah, I was in the top 5% of my class. You weren't even the top 50%, but that's okay. We, you know That was 30 years ago. We forgot about that lie. But just I think what would be better is if during the debate there were color commentators instead of uh, fact checkers. And just, you know, like the guys, the guys from the WWE, just like, Oh, that was a good zinger. Oh, I don't think he, he how is he going to recover from this one? Jim
1: God, Jerry, the King Lawler, And
0: <laughs> uh, you know what? I was just
1: actually thinking of the color commentary and, uh, it made me think, you know, if it was a WWE match that the color commentary would be Anderson Cooper and Brian Kilmeade. <laughs> on color
0: commentary, <laughs>
1: but now like I'm thinking, instead like have color commentary with actually w- WWE people, and yeah, I I think I have the color commentary crew, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and Jesse the Body Ventura, on color commentary for yes. the de- yes,
0: yes, yes, 100. I'm on board.
1: Like like a mystery. I, I don't I don't know theater.
0: if I don't know if The Rock listens to our podcast. If you do, uh, Mad Respect. Although back when I was a kid, I was a Stone Cold Steve Austin kid. Uh, represent. So, uh, but if you listen to this, uh, 100 percent. Um, please please can you make this happen? Because I love you now. You're fantastic.
1: WCW baby Wolfpack. <laughs> I was not a WWF kid. I was a WCW kid. Uh, And AEW is way better than WWE right now. So... I, I know Jesse the Body does not listen to this one, but Jesse, uh, we're, we're going to get together in just a couple weeks here and we'll do a conspiracy episode just for you. And we will pitch you, Jesse the Body Ventura, do color commentary for the presidential debates on that conspiracy podcast.
0: Done. Done. Uh, we got to find a way to make that happen. Well, what? I feel like we've covered the... Uh, the flaming pile of uh, shit that was the two uh, conventions and then the uh, the probably the clearest metaphor for what our country is currently in, in a political spectrum, which is the platforms for the party. We touched on our our local events just to get those out of the way. Yeah, I'm exhausted after this. <laughs> this is fun. This is fun.
1: This, this was is, fun, but watching those conventions were rough. I'm going to go back to reading Bob Prohl's uh, Thousand Worlds, or I think that's the title I just started at. So, I mean, I'm going to go to bed tonight, but that'll be... Oh, I'm playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater on PS4. <laughs> so.
0: I'll be doing work and then going to bed. But this has been fun, Jake. Love it's meeting you fun. at the tavern. Till
1: the next time. And I'll, I'll make it hard for you to find a drink again next time.
0: Yes. Thank you.
1: Can't By wait. By picking a
0: common beer that you cannot find. I mean, that's it's just what happens. It's, it's my life. Yeah. I can't wait. It's been fun. Thank you to everybody for joining us in the tavern. Hope your drinks were just as mediocre as ours tonight. Yeah. I hope I don't have a wine uh, hangover tomorrow. <laughs>